Uh oh, it's happening. Okay, you ready? Welcome to the Hub Podcast, a resource for house church leaders to foster and guide healthy house churches toward deep devotion, contagious community, and missional imagination. This is an extension of Common Ground Northeast Christian Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of the Hub Podcast. My name is Sam Linetti. I am the formation pastor at Common Ground Northeast in Indianapolis, Indiana. And with me is... I'm Eric Fien, the lead pastor at Common Ground Northeast. And this is my very first podcast ever, ever. Yeah, yeah. Me too. You're witnessing it. (laughs) We're kind of diving in, uh, checking this out. But uh, the main purpose is we really want to... Uh, encourage and resource our house church leaders, and hopefully this blesses you guys. So uh, thanks for joining us. Um, So we decided to kick it off, and uh, as we were thinking through some ways in which to encourage our house church leaders, the idea of church has come up a lot, Eric, in our conversations. And honestly, that's kind of the main reason for this podcast. We've had so many conversations going back and forth. Eventually, we're like, man, it'd be awesome to kind of include some people in this and share this with people. So that's kind of how we kicked it off. Yeah. Um, so anyway, in this conversation, um, the idea of church has come up a lot in reimagining maybe what church is, because it might be a little bit different than the way either uh, we grew up or what was been passed to us. There might be a different thought of uh, church that maybe we see in scripture or initially, than what we see now or what we've experienced. And so, uh, Eric, I'd love to kick it off and ask you the first question. What is church? Yeah. um, I mean, that's always such an interesting question. uh, And we could go on, you know, multiple tangents in in terms of how we think about it. But um, the the thing that I, as we were preparing for today in this podcast, the, the few things I was kind of maybe initially wanting to touch base on were, the fact that you could kind of theologically geek out on this topic uh, and then you can delve into the traditional aspects of it and throughout history, the way expressions of church have taken place. Um, but at some point, I think, you know, eventually what we want to do is land on functionally. How does this apply to us at Common Ground Northeast? How do we want to work this out in our uh, church context, um, you know, in our in our Sunday gatherings and in our house church context? And so. Um, just kind of thinking through, I know my, my perspective on what church is just asking that straightforward question comes a lot from, uh, Neil Cole is an author and, uh, he's a part of a group called church multiplication associates. And, um, essentially just the idea is, uh, there's lots of ways you can define what a church is. Um, and I'll give you a quick little definition that he gives, but I, I tend to boil it down to the three things, which we use the term, the three pillars of engagement here. Um, but it really, for me, was a working out of uh, this up in out relationship. And lots of different churches have this. The way that Neil Cole's organization calls it is DNA, and they use divine truth, nurturing relationships, and apostolic mission. And so the idea is, again, just that upward relationship that all churches, by definition, have to have this seed of, uh, you could call it the seed of the gospel. Um, but I would say this is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. These three parts of your life 
um, have to be worked out in a kind of a syncopated rhythmic or um, uh, I don't know, I don't know a better way to, to put it because you can't always do all of them. Um, but you can't yeah. uh, ever lack in one of them. Otherwise, it's not ever complete. And so that idea is that for me, a church is uh, a body of people who come together to practice what it means uh, to be devoted to God, to be in community together, and to be on mission um, for the sake of the gospel with one another. Gotcha. I don't know if you want me, do you want me to give Neil Cole's definition really quick? Would that be a helpful context? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, in his book, Organic Church, uh, and I, this is interesting because I remember when he mentioned this, uh, I, saw, I saw him first before I read the book. And uh, the the same kind of uh, narrative that he described was the one that I had. Um, I had been more in reform circles, like Calvinist church circles that have a more liturgical and, um, I don't know, uh, traditional version of their definition. And uh, he said, you know, many people would define it like this. And I'll actually just quote it from his book. He did a good job. I heard it first from Matt Chandler, um, this, uh, this definition. But the Reformed churches will typically say um, <clears throat> the church is explained as being uh, a group of people embodying these five, you know, anywhere from three to five, but these five characteristics, um, including one, one or more uh, of these. It says a group of believers gather together regularly. Uh, the second thing is they consider themselves a church that you would have to be, uh, you know, in order to be a church, you have to consider yourself a church that you have qualified elders present and that you regularly practice the ordinances of baptism and communion, as well as church discipline. And then the fifth thing, uh, that it has an agreed on set of doctrinal beliefs. One of the ways I've heard that too, is a gathered group of believers, um, who practice the elements um, have a qualified eldership structure or governance, uh, and then that they rightly divide the scriptures. And, and I think all of those things are good. Um, those are kind of traditional ways to define the church. And a lot of our churches, you know, will lean on those things. Um, but uh, this is the one that he gives that I think is, is important. He says, I've come to understand the church as this, the presence of Jesus among his people, called out as a spiritual family to pursue his mission on this planet. Now that's kind of a broad definition, right? Um, yeah. But, uh, but I think the idea is, is intentionally meant to be broad because uh, what we end up doing is describing expressions of church. And then we define the church as those expressions like a Sunday gathering or, um, you know, worshiping, you know, we have a liturgy of three songs, uh, uh, a sermon, one song to close up in, in communion. You know what I mean? And so those are all expressions and things we could do as a church. But I love uh, that he included the idea of Jesus, not as a prequel, uh, sorry, not as an assumed um, inclusion, but that uh, we need to be intentional about making sure that we revolve around Jesus. Because often um, in one of his points, he said that we can do all of these things and be, a, uh, you know, a, a club. We could just be a group of people that we're devoted to something, we're in community and we're on mission. You know, we're, we're telling other people about that, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Jesus at the center. And so he makes sure that we um, understand that we are here to be about uh, Jesus at the center of, of these things. Right, right. No, that's good. Um, you gave us a lot of kind of nuts and bolts on some of the things that maybe are recognized um, 
when a body comes together and calls themselves the church, like you were talking about, but I, I like the fact that you were talking mm-hmm. about, it's not what you do that uh, makes you the church. It's who you're following in essence, that makes you the church. Uh, I think yeah. one time in one of your sermons, I really liked this illustration and it reminded me of this. It was when you, um, you kind of talked about um, water and how you can be poured into a lot of different types of containers and yet water still s- remains water, though it kind of fills a different shape. And uh, mm-hmm. when you were talking about, you know, what is the church and then describing that as opposed to expressions of the church and what the essence is. It kind of reminded me of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The water bottle or a pitcher, you know, it all, it's all H2O in the end, but it can take so many different forms. Um, and, uh, and sometimes out of necessity to, you know, to survive, like we've seen certain expressions of the church work as a means to survive under either like an oppressive or persecuted, uh, regime of some sort. And, um, it takes a totally different expression um, than it maybe would have in a place where it's fully accepted or even state sanctioned. And, um, you know, it has the ability, the fluidity uh, to be able to reimagine itself in completely different contexts, um, as long as it's revolving around Jesus, um, you know, and, and, and I would add then has those, that idea of devotion, community, and mission embedded within it, uh, in some kind of way that, 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 that body of people, um, whether large or small, is committed to revolving their devotion, communion, mission around Jesus. So are you saying then as long as a body comes together and revolves themselves around Jesus and expresses their devotion, community, and mission towards Jesus, are you saying then that church can look in a lot of different ways? It doesn't have to happen inside a building? Yeah, (laughs) I love it. A good leading question. Yeah. I mean, we say this all the time at common ground that we, um, you know, it's not the people, it's not the Sunday gathering. And and the reason I, I think, um, when people, there might be times when people are like, all right, we get it already. Um, but I, I would also say that we cognitively maybe understand that at times, but we really will default back to, but okay. But when we get down to it, really, Eric, right. This is it's Sunday morning. It's our gathering. It's, it's, um, us being here, it's this building. I mean, when you plant a church like like ours was started before I was here, you kind of get that idea. It's the people, not the building, because you set up and tear down, you know, at a movie theater in a in a high school or some other context, you know, and um, that helps to to build that identity as this is us as a people, and we could be in this building, that building. You maybe, um, you know, have had to reimagine what that looks like in different places before we ever had a permanent. Um, you know, the resources of having an actual building that we could gather in. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's all kinds of ways to express this, this, um, you know, the gathering of the believers, followers of Jesus into, um, into those three things. And, uh, it could take, take all kinds of different forms. Um, you know, I know that we're, we'll probably talk about what a church is not, uh, you know, it helps kind of further define that. Um, but that, that would definitely be something I think is, uh, something we have to repeat and constantly remind ourselves of that this, this is not a time or a moment of the week on Sunday mornings. And this is not a place we come together, but the church is, I don't think it's ever talked about as 
as those things in the scriptures. It's always meaning a group of people. So like the idea of you saying, let's go to a church that if someone were to say that, that functionally is not even a scriptural, that doesn't make sense according to the definition of, um, of the, the, the biblical definition of what a church is. Yeah. Yeah. So we often at common ground Northeast, we will say, uh, we don't believe that we attend a church or go to a church, but that we are the church. That's very, very intentional in reshaping the way in which we see church as the body gathered together around the, the Missio Dei, the mission of God, as opposed to a location. That's really, that's mm -hmm. very much on purpose. There was uh, something I'd like to bring up. Um, it's in a book, Church's Movement by Dan White and J.R. Woodward. They describe the church as a sign a foretaste in an instrument. And I really like the breakdowns and I like to share that with y'all sign. The purpose of a sign is to point something not yet fully visible. Our way of life together ought to point people to God's future foretaste. The church serves as a foretaste when people get a taste of God's future in the present. When God encountered the church in the world, a place where people are learning to embody forgiveness and live in harmony. They ought to experience a great sense of love. The church ought to be a tangible appetizer of God's future. And then instrument in the light of God's future, the church is an instrument bringing a sense of joy, beauty, and justice to the neighborhood. Followers of Jesus have no greater calling than to cultivate a way of life together in light of this truth. And I really love those distinctions. I'd be curious to hear your input. Yeah, well, my first thought was that they kind of come across more as like things that the church um, accomplishes, you know, um, necessary, not necessarily a definition of what the church is, but um, those are like, I, I would say almost beautiful, even poetic kinds of functions or uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to call it. It is, uh, that's ways in which the church affects the world around them. Right. I love that. Give the, give the, I love the foretaste. Give me, give me all of them again. Say each of the individual aspects. A sign, a foretaste and an instrument. Yeah. I mean, those are great. I love all of those ideas. I don't know if I would distill down like a definition of the church based on those, but I would definitely say, and, and I would even say if you like, one of the questions I'm asking myself is if I remove one of those, are you, can you still be a church? And I would say yes to that. Um, but ideally, these are incredibly powerful, poetic um, ways in which the church can can um, affect the world around it. I, lo I love the idea of all of them. Though. Cool, cool. Now, we and we've mentioned this a little bit and part of the and I think this goes along with what is church, maybe. Um, you know, Common Ground Northeast here, we've adopted a DNA of house churches because we fully believe that. Um, that the, the fullest expression of, of the kingdom of God comes through doing life on life with people. And we see that more in doing life on life in house churches. Um, Francis Chan brings up a lot about uh, love and how church is supposed to be a family and how love works mm -hmm. out in family. It's not always fun. It's not always easy, but it can be very mm -hmm. real, deep um, and intimate. And so um, just the idea of a, of a family dynamic when it comes to church and how often do we actually see that 
maybe in our past experiences of church or maybe our perception of church, do we see church as family or simply as a group? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, one of our phrases that we'll use in, in the reinforce stuff, but we have every house church launched through rooted right now. And, um, and then the reinforce training that we do to really help set rhythms and expectations of what we think each house church should look like. Um, and that's even admittedly somewhat, somewhat of a hybrid, um, you know, of a house church and also us trying to still maintain that we have Sunday gatherings. Um, but becoming a family on mission, um, is essential to that. And so that's a definition of community, um, that we're familial, we're an oikos. We've talked about that a lot. Um, that, that extended household of, of people together. And so we're a family. Um, and then, you know, we could go on a tangent as to how that looks different, maybe than what we think of as family today. Um, but that we're also on mission that they have a, a focus or a, um, what's a good way to, to put it that we have a, uh, well, in, in our, in our stuff, and we borrowed this, I think from, uh, the Jesus shaped life by Bob Wronglian, uh, is a 3DM, uh, person. And so what, what he he'll do is talk about how, um, that there is a, every, every oikos in the old Testament, every household in the old Testament had a family task or a family trade. And so our trade and that might've been fishing and, uh, you know, so then what we'd have is some, some group of people went to fish, some of them built boats, some of them mended nets, some of them sold the fish in the market. And so it was the, the whole function of that group of people, that family working together to accomplish this, this family trade and every person had a part of it. And so if we were as house churches to say, we have a missional focus of reaching a people group or a neighborhood, or, um, you know, uh, we would focus on a park that is in the center of all this, and we all go there on a regular time, we'd all kind of take that family trade on as uh, a mission or take the, take our missional uh, focus as we're going to intentionally go to this place and reach out to the people that are there. And that would become our family trade. A fam so yeah, family on mission. And I think we're trying to add to, we'll, we'll maybe go into this in a later episode, but uh, a multiplying family on mission, I think is the next iteration 3.0 of the, of what that means. Yeah. we got a couple more minutes here. Um, but I know some people are probably going to be wondering, okay, I, I get the concepts maybe and, and thinking through, or maybe they've heard this definition before, or some of these mm -hmm. thoughts before, uh, if they're new, great. If they're not, uh, regardless, I feel like some people will probably be saying, okay, but, but what is, where is scripture coming to play here? Like, where do we learn about what the church is through scripture? Um, and I was curious, uh, what would, what you would bring up to describe what we learned that church is through scripture and what we read. Yeah. So, so you're looking through acts, um, and learning about all of the different, different ways in which the early church interacted together. You are definitely looking through, um, the letters of Paul and how he goes uh, into details about the way the body should gather. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples there um, that I think are challenging because we don't actually, the way that we do our Sunday gatherings are not always conducive to doing what the scriptures tell us we should be doing in a Sunday gathering. Um, but uh, the Acts 2 thing, I think is always just a great starting point. And I'll go ahead and read that out. I should have had this one ready. Sorry about it. 
Sorry, just taking up valuable time. It's terrifying. <laughs> we can we can edit this out. We just look it up. <laughs> yeah. So in Acts two, um, and sometimes we romanticize this. It's not that the Acts two church was without its own problems, but it says this Acts two forty two. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now we will do an exercise um, in the beginning of Rooted to really point out this idea of what all was taking place here. And then we'll usually list all of these ideas um, uh, and, and ask people, you know, what did you notice? And then contrast that with now, what do our Sunday gatherings look like? And, um, you know, are we together on a regular basis? Every day it says that they were together. They were devoted to the apostles teaching, right? And um, that is even itself probably an echo of the Great Commission, where it talks about go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them the commands of Jesus, right? And that's my quick little paraphrase, but teaching them the commands of Jesus. And so the, the apostles were teaching the commands of Jesus. They were in fellowship together. They knew each other, breaking of bread, which I would um, you know, argue is a, uh, a nod to communion. I believe communion was uh, not what happens on Sunday morning necessarily. It's a good symbol of communion, in my opinion, and it's a good practice, but real communion is a full meal with people around. It's usually depicted as a joyful time together, um, although there is times, you know, to, to solemn reflection about what Jesus did. But uh, so you have this, this breaking of bread together, prayer, and there's multiplication there, right? That, that God added to their number daily. And so I think that's one of those things. You have a rhythm in the scriptures where it talks about that they would meet in households and they would meet in the temple courts. Um, and each of those had a different function. Um, but one that I really wanted to touch on here, it's, it, and I love it because um, in Corinthians, we're, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 14. Um, there is a, it actually gives us some instruction. And then you can also, you know, 1 Corinthians also gives us some instruction on the Lord's um, supper as well. Um, but when it says uh, in 1 Corinthians, it says, when you gather, let me find it. As you're looking in, in 1 Corinthians 12, it also talks about one body, many parts as well. When you're yeah. talking about doing stuff together, that's kind of a theme in this, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. A, a unified community of people, a diverse mm -hmm community yeah. one oneness i'll go ahead and read it uh, verse 26 says what shall we say then brothers and sisters when you come together each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction a revelation a tongue or an interpretation everything must be done so that the church may be built up if anyone speaks in a tongue two or the most three should speak one at a time and someone must interpret if there is no interpreter the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself or to god now, what, what I think, and there's, it kind of goes into more details about tongues in that. But one of the things that I think is um, the expectation is when you come together, the whole group of people are supposed to, to throw in on this gathering. It's not meant to have a handful of people who put together a service. In fact, I would say that puts us in danger of being 
a consumed product, right? Like if we don't put on a product good enough for the gathered believers, then they'll go find a different product. And that's, you know, the, the, the result, the consequence I'll even say of a consumer production consumption society like um, ours is. And so um, what ends up happening is there's a handful of people will put together some songs and they're just, and in some cases it makes sense. Like people are just using their gifting. Right. But um, this says that when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue interpretation, but we're, we're intentionally meant to come together and share and practice in our gifts in a way that is a mutual benefit to everyone in the room. Um, and I, I, I have always thought to myself, that sounds awesome. It's just logistically not possible on Sunday morning, at least in the expression of church we have. And part of our way of reconciling that is through our house churches, because this, this is all stuff that could take place. And we, we want and try to train and expect that our house churches would come together um, and sing together, have hymns, uh, psalms of praise, um, that somebody would give an instruction, revelation, um, and, and if you have the gifting, you know, tongues, uh, we would certainly not forbid that, uh, but we would, you know, want people to do it in a way that is, uh, to, according to the parameters that the scriptures give us. But, um, the, the idea is that there's an entire participation, a participation mm -hmm. of the entire group and not just one or two people, um, you know, with microphones in front of them teaching. And it's, uh, it's a, it's probably a, more of a discussion than a monologue in, um, we try to do creative ways of, of adding interaction in our services. Uh, but the fullness of this, I think, can only happen inside of our house churches. Yeah. So you're starting to break a little bit into what our next episode will be rolling into, which is maybe what the church is not. So I'm excited to dive into that. Um, final thoughts here as we close up our very first episode here. Um, I've always been blown away by uh, the number of times the phrase one another is used. And, and I've heard people talk about it constantly, uh, or a lot of pastors have at least shared comments about that, the one anothering, the one anothering. But I do think it's significant that the, the hundreds of times in the New Testament that it's talked about doing things together with one another, it's not just sitting shoulder to shoulder next to somebody. Uh, it's doing life together, loving one another, caring for one another, admonishing, encouraging, and uh, just to dive into, and we'll talk a little bit later about the purpose of church, but part of it is that the, the difference that people would see between a normal gathering of people and the gathering of the church, they would notice it because of how well they want another together in caring, loving, mm. encouraging. There is a different culture or atmosphere there that would be so um, enticing or, or um, just draw, like draw you towards that, that'd be, there's something different. Mm. And so the challenge for me has always been when we talk about what is the church, is the church creating the type of community that not only everybody desperately needs, but you desperately want to be a part of too. Mm. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've heard lots of series on the, you know, the one another's. Uh, I haven't taught one myself, so I'm not as, uh, you know, versed in in some of the the particulars of each of those. But there is this sense of like multiple, this communal understanding um, that goes, you know, it flies in the face of individualism and all of the things that we tend to revolve our life and lifestyles around uh, here in the 
in America. And so I, uh, it, you probably could not overstate the level to which um, the, the idea of us engaging with one another uh, in a communal context on a regular basis, living life and not just hanging out once a week, but you know, at, living in proximity um, where you could accidentally run into each other at the grocery market or at the YMCA. Uh, actually, I was at a YMCA the other day and saw someone in our church who I hadn't seen in a long time. And it was great. We got to catch up. Um, and some of that can only happen if you're actually in proximity to each other. Um, there's actually some really cool stuff that uh, the, the Jewish communities, uh, Orthodox Jewish communities, um, my wife and I were talking about the other day that they do very intentionally uh, by, by their entire groups living in the same neighborhoods, uh, literally when the, when the house next to them goes for sale, they let others in the community know so that they can be within walking distance of um, the synagogue, within walking distance of each other, so that there's always a community of people helping to fortify this lifestyle that they have agreed to live. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, that on a whole nother level. Um, and, uh, you know, we're kind of jealous of it. We're, we're talking about how beautiful and powerful it is and how it helps them and what they do and their ability to be together with one another on a regular basis. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of, I don't know if this is a term or not, but villaging together, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Becoming a village. So, well, Great. that's all the time we've got for our first episode. Um, but our next one, we're going to be talking about um, this, this episode, we talk about what the church is. And then next episode, you want to tune in, we're going to be talking about what the church is not. And so excited to uh, dive into that. Make sure you stay tuned for our next one. Thanks, Eric. Yep. See you next time. We appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with us today. Make sure to check out the previous episodes on Hub Podcast. If you're interested in information on Common Ground Northeast, check out cgnortheast.com. We'll catch you next time.